I'm Polly. I'm a mom, a wife, a pelvic floor physical therapist, and founder of No Kegels University. I have helped thousands of women stop leaking, enjoy intimacy, and feel proud of their bodies, even after having kids. After years of listening to women wonder why no one talks about leaking, how they should properly recover after having a baby, and that pleasurable intimacy is possible, I started to get real frustrated because I believe that no mom or woman should struggle when there are answers. It became my mission to shed light on the lack of postpartum care and the lack of discussion on issues that relate to women and their health, even if they can be uncomfortable sometimes. It also became my mission to change the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor, and more. Here we go. Episode 13, My Vision for Postpartum Care. When my husband and I were talking about starting a family and getting pregnant and what labor and delivery might look like, I felt incredibly prepared because for all the years prior, I worked a lot with women on these topics. I got to hear their birth stories. I got to hear as they were in the process of planning for the baby and how postpartum was. And while I might be a wealth of knowledge, I also got a lot of practical tips from them, which really helped me feel a lot more confident about my journey in becoming a mother and giving birth. And I had had a specific plan as to how I wanted things to go. And fortunately and unfortunately, things went a little bit different and I ended up with a C-section. And one of the great things about that was I still knew exactly how to manage that C-section and to recover really well. And in fact, when I returned to my OB, which I don't think he quite knew until I was all the way done with my first baby, that I might have had an idea of exactly what I was talking about as it relates to the pelvic floor and postpartum recovery and all things women women's health. But he made the comment, oh, wow, you're healing remarkably well. And I said, I'm probably not healing any better than anyone else. And I'm probably not healing faster than anyone else. I just knew exactly what I needed to do to give me a really good outcome. And I remember he crossed his arms and he leaned back and he kind of thought about it for a little bit and said, yeah, I bet you do. Now, I tell you this story or part of the story anyways, I guess I haven't told you the whole thing, but I tell you this not to brag, but I remember leaving his office and thinking, gosh, so many more women should know no matter if their plan changes or not, what their plan might look like, or at least to have someone to call. Because I've had lots of my friends call me, or even I've had patients where they have called me because their delivery plan and their birth story ended up changing and it was different than what they thought. And so I was able to help them and change the plan and the framework that we had originally talked about to something entirely different. So they still remained on that path of having a really great outcome in their postpartum experience. 
And it's one of those things that is really frustrating to me because in Europe, it's standard for a mother after they've had a baby to go see a pelvic floor physical therapist. It's standard. But here in the U.S., if you bring it up to your doctor, their response could vary from just wait till you're all done having kids and I'll do a surgery for you. Or, yeah, I mean, what do you want me to do? You had a kid. Or, I mean, you could try pelvic floor PT. I don't even really know what they do. Or, yeah, that that pelvic floor physical therapy stuff, it doesn't work. It won't help you. Or, yes, go ahead and go. That will be one of the best things you can do in your postpartum recovery to help you. I find it really interesting that as far as the doctors go, I do think that they could stand to be a little bit more educated on this topic. And as far as therein goes, referring someone to another provider, it isn't hard. It doesn't cost them money. And in fact, typically it's not the doctor that even does it. It's his assistant or his nurse or her nurse, depending on who you're seeing, And so it's really no sweat off their back to do this. And while I was really lucky and also very particular about the OB that I chose and was really supportive in anything that I wanted to do or try, I can't say that everyone else's OB will help them give them the same experience that I had. So a couple weeks ago, this was prompted because I was kind of being a little sassy with a patient, and I said something to the effect of, well, if we had it my way and I was part of your team, none of this would happen. Now, for obvious reasons, I can't share you parts of her story, but she ended up with a couple of infections and was in the hospital and away from her baby because of how sick she was. And call me a crazy mama bear, but... I would have done everything in my power to make sure that she was taken care of in a very different capacity. But hindsight's twenty twenty. It's hard to say maybe exactly what would have happened. But g- given her recounting of the story, there was a lot of signs there that, that should have been taken care of. And as far as I'm concerned, I've heard postpartum stories for a long, long time. And I really do think that postpartum care needs to step it up and it needs to be better. So she asked me, well, what would it look like if you got to decide how it went? And I said, ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. I'll have to think about that, which led me to this podcast episode. So let me share with you a couple of thoughts that I have as my opinion as a pelvic floor physical therapist would have for postpartum care. And I realized that some of these might be a little far-fetched, but Also take into account too that I've been doing this for a really long time and I've heard a lot of stories and my opinion is formed from a lot of these stories and seeing a lot of women have good experiences and bad experience. So during pregnancy, what I would suggest is each pregnant woman meets at least once with a pelvic floor PT. And in that visit, I think it's important to address that woman's concerns about her pelvic floor, take the time to discuss how to prepare. I think that's a really common fear of women is that they just don't know what's going to happen or how they can prepare or what they should do or what the realities are compared to the myths. I think that 
each woman should have a well-written pelvic floor strengthening program during pregnancy. I think it is a myth that a lot of women assume, oh yeah, I'm pregnant. I'll just have to wait till I'm done. Well, is it going to take a little bit more to get a, to strengthen your pelvic floor during pregnancy? Depending on each person, yes, maybe, but it is possible. Another essential component is pelvic floor fitness classes. Now, I know, well, at least as far as I know, there's nothing like this. And I do have a program, not that I'm trying to push the program, but it's a full body workout that includes the pelvic floor in the entire programming that you are completing. And the reason I put that together is because I think so many times our pelvic floor is forgotten. And the way in which I've seen various, and I'm using the term loosely, pelvic floor strengthening or postnatal or prenatal or pregnancy classes, there's not a lot of considerations for the pregnancy body, meaning that your levels of relaxin and estrogen and progesterone are very different during pregnancy and are different for everybody. And some of the things that I've seen in these programs are quite possibly very exacerbating to a woman's pregnant condition. And so whether it's a program, whether it's a fitness class, I think that there needs to be considerations for pelvic floor strengthening with proper evidence and research behind it, as well as the considerations for the pregnant body, because each pregnant body is a little bit different. The next thing that I would have in my vision, and I know I'm talking about pregnancy a lot here to start. I will get to the postpartum considerations here in a few minutes, but I also think that, again, this is my vision for postpartum care, and I think during pregnancy can really help set the tone, especially as your mindset goes for your birth and for your recovery and even during the delivery too. But I do think it would be important to meet with a doula or a childbirth educator and discuss different expectations that they might have for birth. Maybe get into some of the specifics as this could happen or this could happen. And if this did happen, what might be your plan B? And not that you need to micromanage and have a very complicated birth map of how things should go. But I also believe that really having a good understanding of the birth process makes it a lot less scary. I can't tell you how many times that I've had a second time, a third time, fourth, fifth, and sixth mom that will say, oh, the things I wish I knew before I had my first, my delivery would have looked so different. And that's where I'm basing this particular suggestion on is because I think there's a phrase, if you're prepared, you shall not fear. I don't know. Maybe I can't remember where I heard that, but I think having that more education lets you have that knowledge so you can make better decisions because making them in a hurry and making them out of fear, making those decisions out of fear, I don't think those decisions are made with confidence and made with all the information that you could or should have. And the last thing during pregnancy that I would suggest is I would really work with someone on your mindset. And while I have a couple of suggestions, if you want to message me about that, I'd be, I'd be happy to share. 
I think it's really important to dig into pregnancy and birth and delivery and really kind of outline what your thoughts and what your beliefs are. Because I have a lot of women that I'll meet with and do some pregnancy prep, I like to call it. And there's so much fear and confusion and misinformation. And they're convinced that they are going to poop on the table and they're just going to be screaming their brains out. Or just convinced that, oh, everything is going to be totally fine. I'm going to get an epidural. I won't feel a thing. And then here we go. And unfortunately, not every birth is like that. You you really can't guarantee how your birth or delivery is going to happen. And again, because I've heard this so many times, I think working on your mindset, as cliche as that sounds, is important. So on to postpartum. Now, there was a document that the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists released in May of 2017, and in that, they had set forth some guidelines as to how postpartum should be looking as far as their care was involved, and pelvic floor physical therapy played a small role in it, and I was really convinced that it was going to start increasing referrals from OBs after birth, and I was really saddened to see that that wasn't the case, but I do think it should be standard that you at least come to one visit to ensure that your pelvic floor is functioning well, that the strategy that your pelvic floor is utilizing, especially after carrying a baby for nine months and then birthing that baby, whether it's vaginally or you had a C-section, the next is for your OB to meet with you virtually or over the phone and have a list of questions ready on your end to answer, to ask, or that you are able to go through maybe a pre-list or maybe there's a list of questions that you came up with prior to giving birth that you can follow up. And some of this just might even be extra information from the doctor's point of view. So what I mean by this is oftentimes I'll ask patients follow-up questions like, well, how much did you tear? Or did you tear or was there an episiotomy or forceps used? And sometimes they don't always know, or there's even been times when they've said, no, I I didn't tear at all, but I physically felt stitches internally. So it's one of those things that I think it might be nice to have a recap of what happened because a lot of the time the goal is, and rightfully so, is to get that baby here healthy and to do it in a quick manner. (laughs) So I think there's important information that sometimes gets left out. I think it would be helpful, especially as you process your birth story and the information what happened, that you kind of have an idea. Because so many women will say, I don't know, it was a blur. But this might be a time for you to, and and while I know this one I think is a little far-fetched, I do think it would be helpful because by the time you meet with them six weeks postpartum, this is probably not on your mind. You're probably ready to start exercising, return back to intimacy, and really you probably could care less. At least I know I could say that sometimes that I felt more concerned about my baby than I did myself. 
And so I think it might be nice to have a list of questions and information that's gone over with you about how the birth actually transpired so that you know for you, uh, for your information. And sometimes there's pertinent information in there that I do think is helpful to your pelvic floor physical therapist to help place some of the puzzle pieces in your medical history. I do think it's important to meet in person, and I do personally find it interesting that some physicians do not do an assessment of your pelvic floor. And while I think that that is totally their prerogative, I think it speaks even more volumes that you go see a pelvic floor physical therapist after whether your OB refers you one or not. But again, this is my vision for postpartum care. I think you should get all the information from your birth story and then they should say, great. You know, I think it would be helpful for you to go see a pelvic floor PT at least once to ensure that everything is working well and it's working properly so that this does not plague you for the rest of your life or lets you struggle when you shouldn't need to. And I'll even add in here, some people will say, well, if I birth naturally, then I probably don't need to see somebody. And I will tell you this, I've been treating the pelvic floor for over 12 years, and there have only been three instances in which I assessed a pelvic floor that did not need pelvic floor strengthening or assistance of any kind. And two of them were actually of the geriatric population. And one of them was a postpartum mother. Every other female that came to me, they actually needed help with that pelvic floor. So even if you think that your birth was quote unquote uneventful, that pelvic floor still experienced different changes, different loads, different activity, different ways of movement. And so I do think it's vital for you to have at least one visit. And at that visit, I think that it's important to be implementing some of those things that I suggested during pregnancy, like a well-written program for you and your body to strengthen your core appropriately, to strengthen your pelvic floor appropriately. Because again, these have gone through major changes in the last nine months. And let me add again too, you still have those hormones coursing throughout your body. So it is going to make things loosey-goosey. Your body is not going to respond to exercise at six weeks postpartum the same way it would, you know, three months prior to becoming pregnant. So I think that needs to be a consideration. If pelvic floor fitness classes were a thing, (laughs) um, and who knows, maybe one day I might put a bunch of those together. I'm not sure. If you have interest, let me know. But I I think it's something where ensuring that that pelvic floor is working, I think think it's really important because there's statistics like women that struggle with pelvic floor issues on average go seven to eight years before they get help. So imagine if... You got help six weeks postpartum, eight weeks postpartum, nine weeks postpartum. That's a very different timeline than on average seven to eight years. And I actually refrain from referencing the statistic because it makes me really, really frustrated. And it I just don't think I I don't like that stat. I just think it's it's asinine, really. It's really asinine. Because it is just as easy as a referral. 
Um, another question, and I wouldn't say this is necessarily part of the follow-up, but I will often get asked, well, when's a good time to come in? And other pelvic floor PTs might say, oh, within, you know, as soon as two to three weeks. Here's what I would add and suggest for you. I was a mom, a new mom twice. And both times I felt incredibly overwhelmed because we were trying to figure out nursing. I had had two C-sections. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating well. And if you're going to go to a pelvic floor PT visit, one, that's a lot of work to get out the door. And not everybody is newborn friendly. In my clinic, I'd the kids are welcome. And the reason is, is I really can't stand on this postpartum soapbox and say, we need to change postpartum care and then say, yeah, good luck finding childcare. I just am, it, I just, we just work around the kids coming in. So, but that being said, finding childcare is tough, let alone packing all the kids up and getting out the door in those first couple of weeks. I'm sure you remember I don't know about you, but I, looking back, I think I had a panic attack each time we had to leave the house for probably the first three to four months after each baby because it just was really overwhelming to me at the time. And while you might be different, okay, great. Then maybe you might, then you could potentially start PT earlier. But I also, I I just think that pelvic floor PT should be a help. It shouldn't be a hindrance. So figure out kind of what your timeline is. Is baby sleeping? Do you feel like you kind of have a handle on things? Is it easy for you to leave the house? Are you eating nutritious foods? Because I think those factors aren't always considered. Because if you come to see me after you have that baby and you're not sleeping, you're barely figuring out the nursing thing, you guys are barely surviving, or at least it feels that way, then coming to see me and I give you things to go home and work on, it's just, I don't want to say it's a waste of time. I just think, go be a mama and get it figured out. There's still time. There's still time. And I know a lot of people might disagree with me on that, but again, PT should be a help, not a hindrance. Now, unless you're in severe pain and you're really struggling to function as a mom, then I might recommend coming in earlier than that just to help you get functioning again. But I also think that each person's story and journey is going to be very different, which if you notice, a lot of my suggestions, they are personalized. They are meeting with somebody else that's been in the industry for a while and has seen a lot of things and can bring up questions that you might not think to ask or that They can give you tips that you might not even know where to look for or even think to look for something on this type of topic or this type of topic or this type of labor position. I just think there's a a lot of unknowns and going to people who are in it, who are in the thick of it and see so many things, I I would vouch to say that that most of us in the birth world We really care about your experience and we want you to do well, not only while you're pregnant, but during labor and delivery and to continue to thrive even after baby comes. And the last two things, again, I think probably are a little far-fetched to some degree, but I, I think having somebody help you with your mindset 
and dare I say coaching. I feel like that's kind of a cliche term too, but just helping you process the birth and helping you figure out what it is that you're feeling because a lot of this is postpartum hormones that are still racing through your body. You you had this placenta that was help giving you hormones and then when the baby's delivered, the placenta goes away. You don't have that anymore. So it's a very abrupt change in your hormones. And I think that this gets missed. And so when we're nervous or anxious or feeling all of these emotions, or we have no idea how we're feeling, it might be helpful to have somebody help us walk through this. And the last one, probably a little more far-fetched and something that I don't know if I personally would want but as I've talked to women, this is something that they've said, yeah, I think I, I think I would, would have done well with that, is to have scheduled help. And this could look like different things. This is actually a topic that I discuss with my pregnant patients and coaching clients and even newly uh, postpartum moms in that they have scheduled help for a variety of tasks. So personally, I didn't want anyone helping me with my baby. I just would rather somebody come in, clean, maybe cook, order us food, or like take care of the dogs, take the dogs on a walk, or I don't know if I would have been comfortable with them doing laundry, but having somebody do something that wasn't related to the baby was really helpful. And thankfully, my mom was able to come down for a good chunk of time and she helped me with a lot of those things. I actually never really let her do a time with the baby right away because that's what I felt comfortable with. But I also laid some groundwork or maybe even boundaries. That sounds a little too aggressive probably, but we talked about it beforehand that mom, just, just let me be like my postpartum experience will probably not be like yours. And I just want you to let me make decisions and back me every time on it. And I found that to be really helpful. Now there's other women that are, that I've talked to that are like, Oh my gosh, I'd love someone just to like watch my baby so I could shower or nap or what have you that maybe they wanted extra help with the baby compared to my experience where I didn't want anyone touching my baby. But I think this might be something just to have a couple of friends or maybe people that go to your church or hiring a postpartum doula or getting um, a nanny to come in or a house cleaning service or a food service or cooking meals or having the neighbor girl come in and watch your other kiddos so you you and the new baby can sleep. I mean, there's a big long list and I, I just would suggest to you flip the script. If you're saying, nope, nope, I don't need it, then flip the script. Okay, well, what's on your list that you could get rid of that you don't really need to be doing? So that was one thing that was helpful. I didn't really need to be doing the dishes. My mom could do them. My mom could cook for us. My mom could help with the laundry. My mom could do a lot of these things, but the thought of having somebody help with the baby, at the time for me, that was too much. I just wanted me and my husband to be the one to take care of the baby. And so I think just kind of giving yourself an opportunity to to go through some of these options and have someone just even bring up or discuss maybe what worked well for them. And while it might not work for you, I mean, I've been told a few times, 
you were crazy. You wanted to do everything with a baby. You never wanted a break. And for the most part, that really was true. But hopefully this episode gave you some different things to think about and whether that's in preparation for your next baby, maybe you're currently in the thick of it right now and this is giving you some ideas to help you, then go ahead and utilize them. The other thing I might challenge you, so for this episode's homework, no matter where you're at in your postpartum journey, which I would like to argue and say that the postpartum period ends when you feel back to your normal self. And for some of us, that takes a while. It really can take a while. I've had patients where when I've turned it this way, they've said, well, so my postpartum period has lasted 14 years. And I said, only you can know. So no matter where you're at in this postpartum period, this is me giving you permission to even to to term it that or call it something different. But no matter where you're at, I am certain that there is something on one of these lists that either A, you could share with a friend or a neighbor or sister or family member, or there might be parts in here that you might want to go take a look into and consider, whether that's talking to your OB about maybe different health choices that you might need at this point, or maybe Maybe you might need to offload some of the things on your plate just to give your body and your health the attention that it deserves. Maybe you do hire a neighbor girl to come over and watch the kids so you can paint your nails in peace or take a bath in peace. And while I know that money and finances can sometimes be tight, there's always a way to trade or find something or make some change to better your experience. I hope by now that you understand how much I value you and your journey to creating the best health you can as a woman and how important it is for you to be on this journey and to be adding things and improving your health because you are worth it. You do so much for the people around you. And I think that you, yourself, your body, your mind, your brain, they need some of that same attention as well. Remember, you're an heiress and a queen and everything in between. If you enjoyed this episode or even wondered if I can help you, check the show notes for more details. And to see what else I'm up to, follow me on the socials at Beyond the V period by Polly. Because I'm changing the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor, and more, I still need your help. Please subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend or two. See you next week.